Good afternoon. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jen. And we are Unstable Moms. So this is going to be our first episode. So hopefully it's not too terrible. Yes, bear with us. <laughs> We're going to have to get our lives together. Um, so our first episode I did about um, the Ladybird Lake because we've had like a hundred deaths in that lake or bodies pulled from the lake and none of them apparently are suspicious. So um, I guess I will get right into it. So the first person that I found, I tried to go in chronological order, but it's like every time I found somebody, somebody else popped up and then somebody else popped up. So it took forever. The first person they found was Cole Christensen and he was born in January of 1991. He was born in Anchorage, Alaska, and that's where he was from. So he came to Texas on vacation for the ACL festival, which I guess those that don't know, that's the Austin city limits music festival it's two day event that happens two weekends in a row in austin it's a really big deal so he was 21 and he had traveled to austin with his brother doing the acl fest and then there wasn't a whole lot of information about like what they did or why he was where he was or where he was before but on saturday october 13th of 2012 he was found in Shoal Creek, which connects to Ladybird Lake, behind the Austin Music Hall. So one page that I found, like a tribute page about him, says that he just fell into the river while walking home. That's suspicious. Well, yeah, and Shoal Creek isn't like where I used to work by there. It was pretty shallow. It's not a raging river. And I, I don't know how you could be so drunk that you would fallen I mean it didn't even say he was drunk so there's like no details and they ruled it as yeah. not suspicious even without the toxicology report so and if he was here with his brother why was he alone right and that's what I I couldn't find absolutely anything but it was in 2012 and I guess we hadn't had that many bodies pulled from the river by that point so it was just like uh okay drunk guy fell in the river that's it so the APD said that his death wasn't suspicious at all, and there was no further investigation done, even though the toxicology screening would take six to eight weeks to come back, and that there was no immediate cause of death, and then I couldn't find an autopsy report or anything like that. So, and that was the end of that one. So that was Cole Christensen in October of 2012. And then we will jump to, I guess it's another October 2012. So this is Aaron Rubik. Rubik? I'm probably butchering that name horribly. He was born in December of 1988. He was originally from Maryland, but then he had moved to Austin. And he worked for Facebook. And he was like one of those guys that was um, like a transplant to Austin and did all of like the Austin things. Um, kayaking and being down on Town Lake and just all the typical Austin things you do, I guess, when you're not from here. Because, <laughs> we uh, do. well, yeah, because it's like all the stuff we used to do, like all the hidden places are now like the popular places to go, like Twin Falls. It's like you can't get in anymore because so many people know where it is. Right. It's just not fun anymore, especially if you're a local. Everything's so crowded. And I hate when people are like, they've lived here for a little while and they go out a lot and they experience Austin. And then they try and explain to me 
everything about Austin and what's cool about it. Like we went like, there whenever it was new and cool and it wasn't overrun with everybody else. Well, I still will be like, oh, yeah, whenever we were at Emo's downtown and people are like, what are you talking about? Right. Because it moved over to like Riverside, I guess. Yeah. Or I'm like, oh, at the Red Eye Fly. And I was like, oh, that that's not a thing anymore. We're back room. Yeah. None of it. It's gone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they'll be like, oh, you have to try this restaurant. And I'm like. I know I've been there. They're like, oh, this is a really good burger. And I'm like, well, this is a chain that was just put in Austin. If you need like a good local place, I can tell you have a good one. <laughs> right. Anyway, so he was into the stereotypical Austin scene um, in October. He was Jewish. So on October 3rd, he had made a post on social media about Yom Kippur, which is a Jewish holiday. It's their day of atonement um, where they are forgiven for like all of their wrongdoings throughout the year. And then they have to kind of basically say, I'm sorry for, you know, being a terrible person. And then they repent. They do the Tashlik, which is a ceremony, like casting away their wrongdoings. And then I guess they're good for the next year. Correct me if I'm wrong. I worked at a Jewish preschool for almost a decade. So I think I know a little bit, but I could be completely making some of that up. Anyway, October 3rd, he made a post on his social media um, about his Yom Kippur dinner with a hashtag Last Supper. Um, And that was his last post ever on his. Instagram coincidentally um I know like what a co- I wonder if it was like some sort of prediction I mean yeah, not maybe. to make light of anybody dying but you know it's I mean we're unstable mom so <laughs> we have to laugh at the morbidity of things um so 10 days later on October 13th in 2012 his body was found floating in Ladybird Lake at 2 30 by two fishermen so the first one was um let's see Cole was October 13th Oh, it says both October 13th. I just made that connection. Crazy. Sorry. Of the it's same 2014. Year? No, it's 2014. Oh, I can't type. And I'm... Yeah. So anyway, he was found two, like two years to the day um, in Ladybird Lake by two fishermen. Um, so the night before, which was a Thursday, he went downtown with friends and he hailed an Uber. So it says he hailed an Uber. Could you hail an Uber? Like a taxi cab? <laughs> no. no. Or maybe he called for one. I don't yeah. know. The article said hailed, and I was like, we're not in New York. Um, hail cabs here. <laughs> well, I mean, you might be able to hail a cab, but I don't know if you can hail an Uber. I don't know. I've never seen anybody in Austin hail a cab. I, I think I might have, like, once in my life, and I'm so old, so I've had many years <laughs> to find them. <laughs> Yeah, I think you have to order an Uber. Anyway, they were downtown, so it's probably why it's not correct. Anyway, he got into an Uber to go home. And from one of the articles, it says he lived on Rainy Street. And I haven't been to Rainy Street in like forever, probably like 12 years. But I, from what I remember a long time ago, wasn't part of it like residential. It was, but they've also built some condos there. So it's probably... Well, this was in 2014. Yeah, it may have just been the residential areas because they're their houses. Well, they're yeah, it says he went home to Rainy though. Right, like but I'm just saying, like there. they're flip, like a lot of them were flipped into bars, but there probably were some that were still just homes. Yeah, I wasn't going out 2014. I bet you were though. Uh, <laughs> you go out more than I do. Maybe a little bit. I don't know, but that was still like I had just met John, so we were still going to the bar pretty frequently. Yeah, but you didn't go downtown. Well, no, I'm just saying that maybe you didn't go to rainy as much as oh. i thought because you and i were still going out a lot i don't know i think i've been to rainy street maybe five times in my life 
I think the last time I went was with you and Eric, and we went to that one bar. I was already drunk, and I don't even know what it was <laughs> called. But we went, you like didn't buy drinks because they couldn't sell alcohol or something, but you can oh, buy donation pieces and donate to different places, and they would like give you beer for your donation. Yeah. Um, and then they had like all the boxes on the walls with the little coin slots. Yeah. And there, there was one of them that said my job because I work for a nonprofit. And I was like, oh, look, I can party and help my job at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, it was called, <laughs> I think it was called the White House. And yeah, I guess they just didn't have their liquor license. So in order to give us alcohol, you had to donate because it's not buying alcohol. Yeah. And didn't Eric work there? Yeah, he was a door guy there for, I don't know, probably a week. Yeah, I was like, why is this fool not giving us free drinks? Come on now. Exactly. Anyway, so let's focus. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) he was headed home to Rainy, from what I understand. And according to the article, it said that the Uber dropped him off by that Holiday Inn at 35 and like just north of Riverside. The one that's like right there on the corner with the lake below it. Yeah, it's not there anymore that, yes. (laughs) Oh, it's not. No, it shows how much I go south of the river. (laughs) So he was right there at that Holiday Inn, anyway, and that's like right where it hits Riverside, and then I guess thirty five crosses over, and they like cross over Lady Bird Lake. His house or apartment or I don't know what it is um, was like a three minute drive from where he was dropped off, so it was maybe like a five or a ten minute walk. And his body was found right near the Holiday Inn, uh, close to 35 in Riverside, in that water right where he was dropped off. The Holiday Inn is still there. I'm totally turned around. Yeah. Didn't, like, Scott get married there? Yeah. When he married Anna? Uh Uh-huh. I think so. Or am I totally making that up? (laughs) Maybe. It's all right. I think I... Yeah, I think I remember being a Holiday Inn and we had those beautiful 90s style dresses. <laughs> yeah, I think I was thinking of the other side of the highway. Oh, yeah, maybe I should post that picture of us at the wedding at that Holiday Inn um, since it's relevant. Okay. Gotta have your classic <laughs> 90s off the shoulder puffy sleeve with the giant bow and <laughs> yes. teased hair and all the hairspray. Those were the good things, <laughs> especially in fashion. Oh, yeah. We were fashionable. Hey, it's coming back now. So we were fashionable before anybody else. Oh, that style does not need to come back. I know. At first, I thought that about the 80s, but now I'm like, I kind of like the 80s with like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm okay with the flares coming back. I kind of am too. What I'm not going to be okay with is if they do like the ultra low rise pants again, and then I can't find any mom pants to cover up the damage my children have done to my body. (laughs) For real. (laughs) It's like now with crop tops, I'm like, I I still would like the other half of this shirt, please. I like a good crop top. I don't. But Some see, of them. you're 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 more confident, and you're not you're not as fluffy as I am. <laughs> you can still wear a crop top. Anybody can wear a crop top. I have just worn shorts in public during the summertime for the like first time in like twenty something years. It's well, hard I don't to wear, say. I don't wear shorts in public, so I do, and on. I don't care anymore. So you do crop tops, and I do shorts. We're halfway yeah. there, like. We're half of a whole confident person. Yep. That's all we need. Well, there was a kid in junior high and I was outside one time waiting for the bus and he was like, uh, I was wearing shorts and he goes, oh, talk about some thunder thighs. And I never again wore shorts. Oh, that's terrible. You're so young. I mean, 
Yeah, I was like 13, but I was like, oh, yep. Core memory. Yeah, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) Anyway, so they found him in the water, 35 Riverside, Lady Bird Lake, right by the Holiday Inn. So the police said he probably just walked too close to the water and fell in. No signs of trauma to his body, and it was labeled an accidental drowning. There was, like, nothing about a tox screen. I couldn't find the death certificate to find the official cause of death. And the Office of Vital Statistics, I went down there to see if I could get copies of some of their death certificates to see, like, what actual cause of death was. And they wouldn't release it to me because I'm not a relative or I'm not, like, an insurance company or anything like that. But from what I read online i thought anybody could kind of go in and get a copy of a death certificate maybe not an official copy right they would have to redact some stuff (sighs) yeah and then i looked into ordering the autopsy report and it could take up to like 120 days for them to get back to me so i think i just need to get the ball rolling in a couple of months to see what i want to do and get the actual autopsy reports yeah that would have mean i have to get my life together and organized (laughs) you have it more together Um, than i do I mean, <laughs> you have a real job. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. So <laughs> you have like a, a grown up job. Yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> and that was the end of that one, too. And that was 2014. Um, I know I said 2012, but I had a typo, apparently. So yes, 2014, and there was no other information on it. And some of these things I have to like look through Reddit. I've had to look on their social media accounts. I've reached out to like family members on uh, social media and I heard back from some, but not everybody clearly. But I know like if you're not friends, they have it set up to where like it'll go to like a requested chat or something. Well, some people are Um, probably just trying to move on. No, for sure. And I would just, you know. I tried to be respectful of that. So I didn't pry if I didn't get a message or I didn't, if I saw some of their posts and stuff and it looks as though they don't probably wouldn't want to go back and discuss, then I didn't even message. So I just kind of picked and choose like if they had been giving interviews and stuff to the media, then I reached out because clearly they, well, I guess in my perspective, they're clearly okay with talking about it. I could be completely wrong. So then moving on, we have Julio Santos III. And he was born on July 12th of 92. So he was young like my husband. <laughs> Since I'm a Rob in the cradle. Forever 36. <laughs> yeah, don't say that though, because now I'm 36 and that's going <laughs> to sound really bad. It already sounds bad when I say my husband's five years younger than me. I always get super weird looks. I mean, that's not but that if he's bad. I went to a party once with him when I first met him and it was him and his coworkers and they were all drunk and I didn't know anybody. So I was not, and it was John's birthday. So I was the DD, but anyway, this lady, it was like his coworker's wife and she was super wasted and she looks at me and she said, so you're just a baby snatcher. And I was like, it's called Robin the cradle. Let's get it right. (laughs) And baby snatcher just felt so derogatory. Yeah. (laughs) I, and I probably would never say that to people I don't know. Exactly. You shouldn't. Especially like first meeting. Like you want us to be cool and it's your house. So you're making me feel uncomfortable in your house. Anyway, so Julio was a native of Austin and then he had moved to Kyle at some point. And from what I have read, everybody had nothing but like amazing things to say about him. He was like super accepting of everybody. 
and everyone. He was just such a kind person. And like I said, nobody had a bad thing to say about him. And in one of his blogs, he even wrote, you're welcome to visit when you need a laugh, fashion inspiration, or a good eye roll, especially the eye roll. (laughs) So he just sounds like somebody that I should have been friends with. Right. Good time. Yeah, just very down to earth. And I just felt like he'd have your back. You take this outside and he'd be there with you. He just sounded like a really amazing guy. One of his friends, Lizette, called him the most confident person they knew. And it just reminds me of my friend Danny because uh, he's so confident and I just love his lifestyle in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I have a little FOMO. I want to go out there <laughs> yeah. without kids. But then I feel guilty about going somewhere without my children. No, you got to do stuff for yourself too. I do, but like not vacations because when I'm on vacation, I'm like, oh, my kids would love this. Just don't do anything that's kid friendly. <laughs> Especially yeah, in but Vegas. then I want to be in bed by like nine o'clock. I don't think that Danny would let you do that. No, but I also don't drink. So that's true. We'd figure something out. I'm sure. I think things are legal in Vegas that are not legal here. Yep, exactly. <laughs> His friend Lizette also called him the thrift store fanatic and said that he was had a passion for repurposing old clothes. So that is definitely something like a superpower I wish I had. I can barely fashion myself with uh, in style clothes right now like the new ones. I just don't want to I spend that know. much time in a thrift store. I just don't know how to dress myself. <laughs> I work with children, so it's a lot of jeans and like workout clothes. But still, yeah, I'm good in like yoga pants and a band tee. And he defined himself as androgynous and appeared from my perception and from what I've seen. He like loved to bend the stereotypical genders. So like five o'clock shadow with lipstick and makeup done or, you know, he didn't consider himself trans. He didn't consider himself non-binary. He referred to he him. And so he just liked fashion and dressing up and like, you know, like I said, not going with mainstream society's typical beauty standards. And I was poking around on like Reddit and someone labeled him as trans because of his outward appearance. And they were quickly corrected and just, you know, let them know that he goes by he, him pronoun. So he graduated from the University of North Texas in Denton. um, And he majored in merchandising and digital retailing. And he was even mentioned on the dean's list. So he was really good at school and wanted to do work in fashion. And he was also supposed to start an internship at Nordstrom's in Seattle on Monday, June 15th of 2015. So on Friday, June 5th, he was downtown on 6th Street, which is like the huge party scene, kind of like Rainy Street. I've been to 6th Street a time or two. It's much bigger than Rainy Street. Well, yeah, but similar atmosphere. No, not so much, I guess. It's more like the hip hop and clubby scene, whereas like Rainy Street is more. It's, it's more a vibe. <laughs> hipstery. Yeah, more hipstery, more trendy, whereas I think Sixth Street, the intent is to go down and get stupid drunk. Yes. Um, and dance to all like the hip hop music. But now I just think it's so dangerous. There's like shootings and stabbings all the time. I don't remember any of that happening when we were going down there. I Yeah, that never happened whenever I went down there. I never remember a time whenever I had to worry. No. And then I remember going down there with uh, a friend. I think you know the friend I'm talking about, but I'm not going to mention any names. <laughs> okay. 
we went down there and I was going to go meet this guy that I had been talking to and he told me what bar he was at. So we were going to go down there and they let me in, but then stopped my friend at the door and they wouldn't let her in. (laughs) So it was like, I don't know. Do they do that when they think you're too drunk? But it was like two seconds. They didn't have time to even observe her. Right. No, I don't know. Unless she was like out of dress code. Yeah. That's the only thing that I could think of. But I can't imagine that she would be. I don't think so. But then like I've heard of clubs not letting you in if they don't think that you're attractive. Is that a thing? I'm sure it is a thing. It's not right. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things that are not right. But, you know, anyway. So he was on 6th Street at a bar called Arborella's. And I think I've even been there. It's a fun gay club. Lots of fun, upbeat music. Really strong drinks. (laughs) So he was, they have nights like Tuesdays and it's a queer friendly club. So he and his friends were there hanging out and chatting about his new internship. And Julio decided to leave the club about 2 a.m. While his friends stayed behind and that's what always gets me is like if you go together then you leave together yes especially like if i think even like if you're a larger group and you leave with someone else right like i you never let somebody leave by themselves like no buddy system i know always especially downtown because you never know what could happen and clearly with everything going on you can't go downtown and leave alone ever no So that was their first mistake. So then he was last seen at a food truck across from Barbarella's at 6th and Red River. So they have usually have like all these food trucks and stuff set up around 6th Street because they like completely block off 6th Street. Like after probably like 8 or 9 o'clock, like cars cannot drive down there anymore because it gets so full of people. And so they have food trucks and little um, food carts and stuff set up for all the people who are leaving the bars can get something to eat. So he was last seen at a food truck across from Barbarella's at about 2 a.m. And then two days later, he was found floating in Lady Bird Lake. And just like Aaron, it was right by the Holiday Inn on 35 close to Riverside. That's a coincidence. I know. It's weird how they're all in that same spot. So after police discovered his body, they learned that his snakeskin wristlet with all of his cash and his ID was found behind the bar. It sounds like behind like the bar in the alleyway, like not behind the bar where you get your drinks. Um, but it was found behind the bar at Barbarella's. But he was able to get food? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if he got food. And then Maybe he was going back to his friends. But it was found like outside the bar, like behind the building. Right. But he had left and he went and got some food. And then maybe he was making his way back to Barbarella to where his friends were. And then something happened. I mean, I guess it's possible, but I think you could see the food truck from where Barbarella's was. So it would have been in front. Oh, okay. So there would have been like no reason for him to be behind I the bar. I mean, people go behind the bar for a lot of reasons. Maybe he had to pee I, really bad. I do not know about such things. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> I've done a lot of things, but I've never peed behind a bar. Well, I've never peed behind a bar. In an alley on 6th Street. <laughs> I never have either, but I have seen it happen. I've seen people peeing on like the curbs next to their cars and stuff, but never, <laughs> never would I do something like that. No, I wouldn't either. No. <laughs> it's just so gross. What if it like gets on your pants? That's disgusting. <laughs> and then you just have to. And then you have to walk around with like pee soaked pants. Pee pee pants. <laughs> That's what my coworker called me the other day because I had a girl. She came to, to her. So it wasn't her typical day at school. 
and um, they came for like the Christmas program that we put on and she sat on my lap and I guess her diaper leaked all over my thigh. It wasn't a lot, <laughs> but it was enough. And so now my coworker calls me PP pants wow. all the time. Six months later and you're still PP pants. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, found the wallet or the wristlet behind the bar and no one at the, none of the staff at the club know how the items ended up behind the building. Like, I guess nobody saw him come back. Was it empty? But like you said, no, it had his ID and his money in it. Oh, strange. You would think somebody would take it. Um, But yeah, so if it was like somebody stole it and ditched it, they would have at least taken the money. Right. So at first, APD thought the incident was suspicious, um, but then later closed the case ruling it an accidental drowning. Um, and nothing suspicious, or they found nothing suspicious about the incident. Um, um, I mean, it's all suspicious. Well, there are some things that just don't make sense. Right. And like, I emailed for an official police report and I didn't get it. So, I don't know. So, his family, um, they tried to get interviews and stuff from his family back in 2015, but they declined. Um, but more recently... Since more of these deaths have been happening, there's been stuff with, like, the city council going on. Um, So they've been uh, doing more interviews recently to try and get a push for changes or cameras or something. But she stated, his sister stated that um, she definitely thinks that there's more going on. And she doesn't think that his death is accidental at all. There's no way. No, I don't think so either. Like... Like you said, he used his wallet to buy food from the food truck and then it ends up back behind the bar when he was going home. Right. So his sister believes that his death wasn't accidental and she thinks there was more to it, especially since like his wallet was missing. It just didn't make sense. And then she reports that his toxicology screen only shows alcohol in his system. So yeah, there was no drugs, none of that. So he should have been coherent, especially if they're all like chit-chatting about his internship like I know if I saw that you were first of all I wouldn't let you leave by yourself but especially if you look too intoxicated to like find your way where you need to be right right so he so, was he wasn't that drunk yeah but then they found him in Ladybird Lake under like one of the pedestrian like close to one of the pedestrian bridges I think and when they recovered him from the lake he was missing his belt but everything else was still intact that's odd. Yeah. It's an odd thing so to have his, missing. Just the belt. I know. So his belt and his wristlet, but nothing suspicious. Accidental drowning. Um, they didn't mention whether they thought he just walked into the lake like the first guy or like fell in. I don't know. So that was in June, I believe, of 2015. And then they have on September of 2015, They recovered a body floating in the lake near Auditorium Shores, which is like, I guess if you're on the lake, maybe like a half a mile, maybe about from Auditorium Shores to like that Holiday Inn. It's like super close. It's not far at all. Right. Yeah. Um, If you were in a car, it'd probably take you like five or 10 minutes just because of like traffic lights and everything. But there were some people working on boats in the area and they found him in the water and um, there's no other information. There was never an update on a potential ID. So it's just an unidentified person floating in the lake. And I guess if they thought it was suspicious, maybe they're keeping it close to the chest. I don't know. But I guess I guess there would have been information on that, too. Yeah, but they don't think any of these are suspicious, so they probably didn't really investigate. Probably. Thanks a lot, APD. Right. So then in November of that same year, 
we have Santiago Becerra, B-E-C-E-R-R-A, and I know I'm mispronouncing that. Becerra? Well, I mean, he's Hispanic, and I, I my accent is not... <laughs> There's no not accent. Good enough. <laughs> Well, like, I, I feel really stupid trying to pronounce things the right way in Spanish. I feel like I would, I feel better just sounding like I don't know what I'm saying. So I'll say it. Like, when I say it, I know I sound like the stereotypical white person trying to speak Spanish. That's okay. Like, un pequito, por favor. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know what I'm saying and I can talk to kids in Spanish. But they don't judge. No, they don't. And I know I'm not saying it right. And I feel stupid trying to say it right. Anyway. So again, there's not a lot of info about Santiago. Um, and what I was able to find was that he was a graduate student of University of Texas in the accounting professionals program. And he was in the Macomb School of Business. Um, his sister reported him missing on November 26th of 2015. Um, and he was found four days later on November 29th of 2015 by a canoeer in the 2800 block of Stratford Lane, which is like super close to that Holiday Inn, like within a mile for sure. So I guess for people that don't know, Ladybird Lake, you can like canoe, you can paddle board, you can do like all of these different things on the water. You can, I think you can boat maybe in parts of it. Parts of it. Uh, but you can't, yeah, you can't go swimming in it. It's like really deep. There's like no way to safely get in and out. And it's super and, contaminated. Uh, yeah. There's like a power plant literally on the lake. And like it always grows like this toxic algae, which kills the pets because they drink it from the lake and it's like along the hike and bike trail that's literally cuts the city of Austin like in half um, and like downtown Austin is right there so super polluted but people can go and do things on it just not in it so that's why there's always like canoers or fishermen because you're allowed to go and do all that stuff but you just can't swim which is I guess what makes these so much more strange because it's not like these people were like leisurely swimming they had no business being down there so the university released a statement. It says, today we received the sad news about the death of Santiago. It was Santiago B. Gonzalez Becerra, which I know, again, I'm saying wrong. He was a graduate student in the accounting professional program at the Macomb School of Business. The loss of Santiago is devastating to our entire university. We express our deepest sympathies to the families and friends. Out of respect for the family, we're unable to share any other details. We are committed to helping students mourning the death through university counseling services and other programs. UTPD is working closely with Austin Police Department on the investigation of his death. Um, and the cause of death is yet to be determined. And that's literally everything I found online. So nothing really. One article. Yeah, no, they didn't say anything about where he was before. Was he downtown? was i don't know it just there's like nothing and again like autopsy reports can take 120 days when i put in a request for some of these police reports i wasn't given anything like i, I don't know if i did it wrong but then there was like another article that said there were five bodies found in 2015 and at least four in 2014 i know some of those weren't suspicious like they actually had reasonings or somebody trying to commit suicide or something um, which I actually have another story I'll do later about one like researching all this I found a funny not funny but you know it's like a make you think kind of death I don't know 
So um, most of them, they said some weren't suspicious, like paddle, paddle borders that fell in and never resurfaced. Some I haven't been able to locate information on. And like, I felt like I already was already going down a rabbit hole because there was like, oh, look, a body here. Oh, look, a body there. Easy to do that. Like you get a body and you get a body. <laughs> They're like everywhere. I know it's not funny. Please don't come at me. But that's just my sense of humor, I guess. That's okay. That's mine too. I feel like the people that are going to listen to this are going to know that like we have to make light of certain situations like this because they are so awful. Right. And like I feel like that's how most people just have to like get through their life because the world sucks most of the time. Yep. So I promise I'm I'm not an awful person. I just make morbid jokes and really inappropriate jokes. You have to. Yeah, but I I went down like a rabbit hole on all the different bodies and stuff so I couldn't even like with all the information I found like I wasn't able to find anything about the rest of his story or some of the like unidentified bodies and I'm 100% positive I didn't even find them all because I just like I said I felt like every time I went to an article or a person like it would bring up another person or another unidentified body and like I tried to collect as much as I could but I promise I've missed something. I know. So that was like 2015, November. And then going into 2016, there was three bodies or there were three bodies uh, found deceased in the lake. On February 14th, there was a black male in his 50s found floating in the river with his phone and his wallet in his pocket. But I never found anything about like an identity or any kind of update in the newspaper. I guess dead bodies in the lake are not newsworthy or at least not in 2015. Nope. So then they found him uh, near the Congress Bridge, which is still within that vicinity of like Auditorium Shores and Riverside and 35. Like all, like I said, all within a mile. And then a couple of weeks later on February 29th, a woman was found by someone on the trail. So we have this trail that basically surrounds the lake. I don't even know how many miles it is, but I used to be. Well, I mean, I used to be able to walk it once upon a time we were in shape. (laughs) But so we have lots of like runners and hikers and people that run around the lake. So there was a person that was um, running on the hike and bike trail and they found the female and she was found by law. Longhorn Dam um, in Canterbury Road, which is just like the other side of the river, like the south side of the river, um, I guess going across the width, like if you were just going from one side to the next, um, she was found on the south side. So just that same area. And then finally, on December 28th, another male, he was estimated to be in his 40s or 50s, was found by the same Holiday Inn close to Riverside uh, 35, where several of them have been found. Then in 2017, Um, So there was, I guess, a lapse from December to June. In June of 2017, a paddleboarder discovered a body floating in Lady Bird Lake at about 7 p.m. I bet that was a lovely surprise and not what he was hoping to find. Paddleboarding. I could not even imagine. I feel like I would just be, I don't even know how I would feel just to be like, hey, I'm paddleboarding on a lake. I'm not even in a boat. And oh, look, there's a body. Super cringe. Yeah, let's just add that to the trauma. (laughs) The trauma vault. Yeah. (laughs) So they were on the South Shore, which is about a quarter mile from Pleasant Valley Road, which is, again, in the same vicinity of like that Holiday Inn, Longhorn Dam. It's all in the same place. Um, And I know you know this, Jen, but I'm just not everybody does. Then I'm just 
breezing through these because they're unidentified and I don't mean to like not give them the time they deserve. There's just not a lot of information. So on August 15th of that year of uh, 2018, there was another unidentified body which was found um, by two people on the hike and bike trail at about 7 p.m. Um, I guess later APD was able to identify him and it was discovered that he was Luis Ramirez. Luis was originally from McAllen, Texas, which is down, those of you not familiar with Texas, it's in a place called the Valley, which is right along the border, like Texas-Mexico border. So he moved to Austin to attend St. Edwards University, where he received his double bachelor's in psychology and political science. And he was 31 when his body was discovered. And I bet you know where they found him. I'm going to guess by the Holiday Inn. No way. You're so (laughs) smart. I don't know how I would have guessed that. (laughs) No idea how you would have guessed that. And there are no other updates about the case. Um, I looked at a bunch of the obituaries, 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 <laughs> words. The obituaries uh, have all been removed. That's strange. So, is it because it's yeah, just been too I long? couldn't like. Well, I was able to find obituaries on Santiago, and that was much longer and cold. That's true. The original one that I found. But like the legacy websites and stuff had no obituaries. So that was the all the info I could find on Luis. But then on August 4th of 2019, which was almost another year to the day, because that was August 15th, was Luis, August 15th of 2018, and then August 4th of 2019. A body was recovered from Ladybird Lake across from the Seaholm Power Plant, which is that power plant we were talking about that's right there on the lake, right by like First Street, Cesar Chavez. So yeah, the Seaholm Power Plant, which is just north of Rainy Street on that same area. Uh, APD reported nothing suspicious and there was no update. So moving on to December or November of 2019, Michael Gutierrez was born January of 1993. And he was born in a small town called Cahoma, Texas, and it's a town of like less than a thousand people. So everybody knows everyone type town. And he graduated from Texas Tech in December of 2017. And then from there, he began working as a loan officer at One Main Financial. On Tuesday, November 19th, he was out with friends on Rainy Street. They were seen on surveillance video at a bar called Lester Pearl, which is a popular bar down there. I think we've also been there. Yeah, I'm sure we have. A time or two. Yeah, I don't think any of those bars are there anymore. No, well. Because aren't they turning it into all residential? No, there's still some bars there, but I know Lester Pearl now has a location south as well. Oh. Um, so yeah, his debit card indicates that he bought one drink from Lester Pearl. And from there, he went over to Alibi. Which I also may have been to. I don't (laughs) know. Sounds familiar. I feel like there's just like a few bars that you have to go to and that everybody goes to. So I don't know if I just remember the name or if I've been there. Who knows? I've slept since then. (laughs) Just a time or two. (laughs) Except for being up at 3 a.m. this morning to my kid. Being sick in my bed. That sounds terrible. Having to strip. Strip bedding and bathe the six-year-old at 3.45 in the morning. Anyway, so... Both bars had cameras, and it shows him behaving normally at Lester Pearl with his one drink. Then the footage at Alibi shows him with his friends, but he was off to the side on his phone, and he, like, wasn't engaging with anybody. So his they were at Alibi from, like, 
12.30 to 1.15. So they weren't there very long, but like all the surveillance videos show that he was off by himself. And then they reported that he was denied service at Alibi because he appeared too intoxicated. But records show he only had one drink. And I know it's probably possible for somebody else to buy him a drink, which one might make it look a little bit more suspicious that he was like too intoxicated to be served. Or maybe somebody, he only did have that one drink. I don't know. It's just really weird that like from one bar to the next, he gets that drunk. Unless somebody spiked him. Because he, right. Because he wasn't denied service at Lester Pearl. Right. I don't know. So it shows on his phone that he tried to call a friend around midnight to come and pick him up and take him home. But she was at work and she wasn't able to show up. And that was the last call that was on his phone. Uh, And I bet she probably feels terrible. I'm sure she does. I would. I would too. That would probably kill me every day. I know. Like you, they called you for help and you couldn't go. And then they died. So according to an interview, his brother said that his behaviors on the video footage were strange. He was making strange movements both inside and outside the bar alibi. He was seen running out of the bar. He just like bolted out of the bar. And then his brother had also said that they've drank together like so many times and he's never seen him act that way drunk. Like you and I have been going out since forever. We're both 36. So, so many years. Anyway, so like I know you when you're, you know, you've been drinking. I know your personality. I know what to expect. So I think that's where his brother was going. Like we've drank together. He's never acted like that. So like, I don't know what was going on. That wasn't him. So from, they said on the surveillance video from like Lester Pearl to Alibi, he couldn't even stand up. He had to have been spiked. Like somebody put some. But he only drank one drink there. Somebody put something in his drink. There's no way you act like that off of one drink. No, I think I agree. Like that's, that's insane. Unless he was drinking a lot beforehand. Um, Yeah. But I think even then, like how many times have we gotten drunk together? Yeah, I know. And like. Like pregame. Well, yeah. It just, I know how much alcohol you can hold. And if I know that you're getting to the point where you probably shouldn't drink anymore, like I'm able to tell. So his brother knows what he should be looking like when he's not intoxicated. But his brother said it seemed like he was like 100% fine at Lester Pearl and then went from like zero to 100 going between the two bars. That doesn't make any sense. Um, So it doesn't. So homicide detectives were seen speaking to the like bar owners, I guess, or like management on Rainy Street. And the Texas Alcohol and Beverage Commission lost an investigation, I guess, just a standard investigation since they had to, I guess, deny him service. And I guess to assume, or I guess to see if he was maybe overserved either between Lester Pearl or Alibi. And then another video from a tech company on Rainy shows him walking towards 35, like 10 minutes after he left Alibi. So he's hanging out with friends at Lester Pearl. And then he goes over to Alibi and he's denied service because he's so intoxicated. He can barely stand up and he's completely disengaged from his friends and like on the phone off by himself, which from what people are saying is totally unlikely. And then he just bolts out, like just takes off running out of nowhere from Alibi. And then 10 minutes later after that, they see him walking towards 35. Authorities say that he may have been trying to walk to his friend's house on the east side. So I guess for those that don't know, um, Rainey is like right close to downtown And then, so downtown is on the west side of, like, the interstate that goes through Texas um, and runs right through Austin. And if you just go to the other side, there's some neighborhoods back there and they just call it the east side. I don't know. Sounds like, I don't know. That could have been a possibility. East side? (laughs) West side? 
<laughs> but they're like older, smaller homes from like when Austin was first established. Anyway, so he was trying to walk to just, I guess, over the 35 corridor, like across the highway to get over to a friend's house, but they don't know for sure. He was later found in Ladybird Lake at the 1300 block of Riverside Drive, right around where the other bodies were found close to Holiday Inn. So it's very convenient that they're mostly found right by Holiday Inn. Like there must yeah, be and after like they've an been easy out. way to get them down there. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's all the pedestrian bridges because a lot of people in Austin walk, especially when you're in town, for lack of a better word. So like when you're downtown or like in a, like a well... What's the word I'm looking for? Populated area? I don't know. Because Austin is so spread out that like there's all these suburbs of Austin like Elgin or Pflugerville or Round Rock or Westlake or all these Oak Hill. And so they're really spread out, but it's like, I guess, a large metropolitan area. So parts of it seem really rural and other parts seem really dense and populated. So that part of Austin is super populated. Um, So there's like a lot of hike and bike trails. There's a lot of pedestrian bridges. Like we said, that hike and bike trail goes like all the way around the lake. So I don't know. During the investigation, they requested surveillance videos from Lester Pearl in Alibi. And the bars showed the family the footage, but they said they couldn't release a copy um, since they needed to give it to APD. I guess because it was part of the investigation, they couldn't just release like... A video for everybody. So it took Lester Pearl a week to get the video footage over. And like, I've seen some like, like I watched a podcast where they interviewed his brother and the guy was like, yeah, surveillance videos, you should be able to be like, here's a flash drive. Here you go. Like, you know, right then and there. And there's no reason that it should have taken a week. So then when APD did receive the footage, they received the wrong day. And then when they asked for the correct video, the bar had already deleted it. That's convenient. Right. And so, but in like 2019, it's not like you have a cassette tape that you put in and it just records and then you reuse the cassette tape. Everything's digital. So it has to be somewhere like backed up somewhere. It has to be somewhere like nothing is ever just deleted anymore. So I don't know. And then, so when the autopsy report was released, it stated that he had a bruise on the lower part of his head and it was labeled as blunt force trauma to the back of the head. But there was no brain injury um, or skull fracture. But there was swelling in his chest and in his brain. So clearly he hit something or somebody hit him. Pretty hard. Yeah. I don't know. Like if it's like at the base of your head, is there going to be a skull fracture? Probably. Probably. I don't know. Some kind of, you would think so. Something. So maybe they, like if somebody hit him, they hit him like hard enough to like. knock him out. Incapacitate him. I don't know. I've hit my head pretty hard. Like seeing stars like cartoon (laughs) characters do. (laughs) and i've never had a skull fracture i guess i'm pretty hard headed (laughs) speaking from experience (laughs) so the talk screen only reported alcohol in his system but i couldn't find how much alcohol because that would be interesting to know well and there's no way especially if his brother said that he was acting weird and right. he was drunk from one bar um, to but the, the next and only had one drink. Right. And those bars are so close together. Like you don't drive down Rainy Street. You park and you just walk because it's like a neighborhood of houses that they have converted into bars. So it's like walking. Door to your neighbor. Cat like, yeah, across the street to your neighbor's house is how close these bars are together. So there's no way that he could have like gotten so drunk just walking across the street. Exactly. Okay. So um, the medical examiner also spoke with the family. And he said that, or they said, I don't know if it's a dude, 
Uh, women can be medical examiners. They can. They can be anything. <laughs> can they, Jen? Mostly. <laughs> I mean, they can if um, stereotypical gender roles weren't a thing. And right. women got paid equally. <sighs> that would be nice. It would. Uh, let's see. Okay. So the talk, the medical examiner said that it's possible that there were other substances, um, but they could have leaked out when he was recovered from the water, or I guess however many days he was in the water, it could have like, oh, I don't want to say processed, but like your body starts to decompose instantly. I wonder how like lividity and all that sets in, in the water. Like, I hope but no, I think. I was going to say not to be morbid, but I'm pretty sure that your skin starts to, like, detach from your... Well, I think that's if you've been in the water for a long time, and you know what they call yeah. that? It's called slippage. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> that sounds so bad. But <laughs> I don't know if lividity even happens if you're in the water because you're not... It's, like, you're not on something, so, like, can your blood pool? There's still... It the, it's from could the... Could technically. It's because of, like, gravity, though. It's not... Right. You don't have well, to be on a solid surface. <laughs> it's just like when your up. your body, your blood stops pumping or your heart stops pumping, your blood doesn't pump. Um, when your heart starts pumping, like everything that's there just like sinks to the bottom based on where you're laying because of the gravity. Yeah. So there's still gravity in water. Maybe it takes longer. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that up because I have to know now. Are you though? Because you're a little slow getting stuff done. I mean, if you didn't have a real job, Jennifer, you could do this all the time. Well, (laughs) that would be amazing because I don't really enjoy my job. I mean, you work for the court. So much fun. (sighs) Yeah, that's what we'll call it. (laughs) I mean, I feel like that would that was like when I worked there, it was fun because I'm nosy. Oh, yeah, I am, too. But, like, there's only so much you can do in a lower-class courthouse. Well, that's true. And I worked for the criminal side, which was much more interesting. Oh, I worked for the criminal side, too, but it's still... Well, I mean, like, the constables, not, like, the court side. Right. It was fun being like, hey, you have warrants. You need to pay me. (laughs) I've had someone say, take me to jail. And I said, okay. And I hung up the phone, and they called right back with a credit card number. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I thought we were going to pick you up. No? Okay. (laughs) (sighs) Lost my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) Choo-choo. Is that a thing thing you do with the kids? (laughs) I mean, it's a train of thought, right? Trains say (laughs) choo-choo. This is just an example of why this podcast name is appropriate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So they said that other substances could have leaked out or maybe decomposition, maybe. That's something I'm going to have to like, we'll put a pin in that and I'll research. Yeah, I was going to look it up right now, but it's not that easy and I don't want to read that much. Well, I mean, if it was like super quick, but. Right. Google was not there for me today. Google let you down. <laughs> sure did. Oh, Google. I mean, what can you expect? We are older than Google. That is true. That's sad. 
that's what I tell Mike. That's what I should tell Gray when they um, are like, oh, well, Google says this. And I should just say, well, I'm older than Google. Okay, so his brother um, mentioned that he was a proficient swimmer. So that he, like, if he fell in, he should have been able to, like, swim and get back out. Not if he was knocked in the back of the head. Exactly my point. And I think that's the point where his brother's trying to make. So there's no reason that he should have been in there of his own accord and not been able to get back out. And he also said he had, like, zero history of drugs. And as of February of 2019, APD could not release full autopsy reports until the case was closed. So I'm wondering if they're just like being tight-lipped about things, if there is something going on. Because I found nowhere where it says the case was closed in 2019, four years ago. Oh, so it's still an open case? I guess. I didn't find anything to say otherwise. So yeah. Um, And then in 2020... There were no bodies found and everybody is like speculating because of like COVID. The bars were shut down. Um, it makes sense. Nobody's out. So they have nobody, nobody to get. Still. <laughs> I guess they were very disappointed. Well, and they had to stay inside too, whoever this is. It's true. I mean, it looked pretty weird if you're just wandering around. <laughs> Strolling around. around. <laughs> I mean, I guess not. I guess people went for a lot of walks then. I know I did. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. And if you live down there. But yeah, if the bars are closed and drinking on the streets in Austin is kind of illegal, um, I guess there wouldn't be a lot of people. Anyway, nobody's getting drunk downtown and walking into the river and dying if the bars are closed. So then in 2020, um, I'm going to butcher this name again. 2021? Yes, 2021. And we have Eric Manzanares Medrano. Uh, he was found in the link at the 300 block of West Cesar Chavez, which again runs off of like Cesar Chavez is like perpendicular from 35. Perpendicular is the right word where they cross yeah. like a T. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's right there downtown. And there were bystanders that reported the body. And then APD said, guess what? It's not suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing suspicious to APD, apparently. Um, this is normal. I mean, we find dead bodies in the lake and we move I on mean, about our life. At this point, it seems like it's normal. I know. It's crazy. Um, and then his family reported him missing on the 22nd. And his body was recovered on the 24th. Um, And there wasn't any additional information or updates available. And he was only 26. So all these guys are like college age. Or not like college age, but like in their 20s. Old enough to drink. Not quite mature enough to be done with the party scene. Well, I guess I don't want to say mature. I still know older people that are older people. (laughs) People my age, I am the older people. Um, I guess they still go out. Not everybody's old And like are maybe me. not that mature. I mean, you can be mature and like to party. Uh, yeah, you can. I mean, look at my husband last weekend. True. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. He's, he will put me in Ladybird Lake if I go into detail. But <laughs> we'll just leave not. it at that. He's mature and he, he had a little too much fun. And that's um, okay. He was safe. Yeah. So then in 2022, there were three unidentified bodies recovered from the lake. One was on July 14th near the Holiday Inn across from Riverside. And according to Austin Travis County EMS, the body had been there for a couple of days. 
so it was ripe in july mm-hmm. in texas gross even right now it's 98 degrees it's been like 105 jennifer i know i'm just going based off what my computer says i work in it all day every day with children in sand not. everywhere in I horses would be a lobster i am getting a nice tan uh, my inner Mexican Latina is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> and then in December, it was very busy. On December 10th, a body was recovered from Pleasant Valley Road in that same area. A body was recovered from the pedestrian bridge along the hike and bike trail by Lamar Boulevard, which is north of the hotel, the Holiday Inn. Um, and that was on December 25th. And then finally on December 28th, of 2022 another unidentified body was recovered from the lake near the congress bridge and the congress bridge is like the main street that goes like right into the capital and it crosses over ladybird lake from like north to south and then finally in 2023 when i was researching all of this we had four bodies recovered in the span of two months from like for it not to be something more than just accidents I mean, it's not suspicious, though, Jennifer. Oh, right, right, right. And our police department just knows everything. I mean, clearly, it's not suspicious. <laughs> That's what all the reports say. And the media is always right. And they always report the truth. <laughs> <laughs> the media? <laughs> the media. Yeah. yeah. They can't Fake lie news. to us. <laughs> So the first of the people that were recovered was Jason John. His name is JJ and he was born in Port Chester, New York, and he received a bachelor's degree in business administration from NYU, somewhere I could never, ever, ever get into, (laughs) much less afford if I did. For real. College is expensive. (sighs) Indeed it is. And our children will be going in three to four years. No, Hallie, even sooner. Yeah, she'll be a junior this year. It's crazy. I know. How are we? I was telling John, like, I don't feel like a real adult most days. I feel like I'm just kind of pretending and I'm like, (laughs) how am I responsible for like real humans? And Uh, like, nobody like has to check in and make sure that I'm taking care of them. (laughs) I I mean, there are, there are things that will check in on you if you need them to. Well, yeah, but, like, I didn't have to sign a permission slip or anything, and they just gave me these humans. (laughs) True. (laughs) I don't know how I kept mine alive for as long as I have. I don't know. And I told John, though, I was like, how am I this old? How am I, like, supposed to be a real adult? Did our parents feel like actual adults when they were this age? They probably still don't. I mean, our parents are grandparents, though. I know. That's true. I but I, I feel like, you know, even if Holly ever has a child, I'll still not feel like a real adult. But I'm like, how do, how am I an actual adult? And I have a kid that's about to be an adult. And I was like, holy shit. Have- my kid's about to be an adult. I know. I don't know. Just a few more years. I still have Wyatt. So he went to NYU and he spent most of his time during COVID traveling the United States. He was able to work remotely and then he settled in Austin in 2021. His brother says that he was a big jokester and according to his obituary, he was one of the most loving, caring, giving, and empathetic people anyone could ever meet. So all of these really good people are ending up in the lake. Don't be nice, Jennifer. (laughs) They're going to pull you from the lake. He was last seen leaving Rainy Street, shocker, in the early morning hours of February 5th. 
in the first 10 minutes of his walk were caught on video surveillance and the last eight minutes were unaccounted for. He was later seen by a transient vomiting in the lake and then I guess the transient said he fell face first into the water and then the transient noted he was submerged in the water so he just like didn't try and help him well can i read and i tell you the story or are you just gonna like jump to conclusions yes that's what i do (laughs) so yes and the transient tried to help him from the water but he wasn't able to get him out and then he went to a nearby hotel to call 911 I don't know if it was the uh, infamous Holiday Inn, but he went to a hotel to call 911. And then it says he was recovered from Lady Bird Lake on February 13th, which is eight days later. Right by the Holiday Inn. And his cause of death was listed as... Unsuspicious. Accidental, Jennifer. Same thing. Accidental drowning. <laughs> Same difference. Um, they said there was alcohol in the system and no trauma to his body. My question is... What happened when the transient called 911? Right. And why did it take so long for them to find the body after the fact? Right. Someone found him. Someone saw it happen. They called 911. And why did nobody like respond to the area? Because then either they could have helped him or they could have recovered the body a lot sooner and then possibly had more information to go off of. Right. You said eight days later? Yeah. That's such a long time. Also, how long does alcohol stay in your body? I don't know. Because that seems like a really long time. But I mean, I just feel like with like toxicology screening, I think it would show that stuff. But then they told. um, Yeah, another one said that it could have like gone out of his system. Michael Gutierrez said that it could have like any drugs could have left his system. But when they do tox screens, they can rule it as a cause of death, I think, unless they're decomposed. Maybe eight days just seems know. like I way need to, too long. I feel like I need to research all of this and just be like, all right, guys, <laughs> talk screens. This is how they work. Right. This is also um, a podcast about how things work. Yeah. Like body farming and stuff. I think that would be so cool to go see. There's one in San Marcos. I know, but isn't it just for like scientific purposes? I don't know if you can uh, like visit it. No idea. I don't. I think I'd be weirded out though. Yeah, I would too, but it would still be cool. <laughs> yeah, because they like, here's a body. Let's put it in this part so we can see how long it takes to get decompose in a human environment. And then they like do all of these controls and stuff. So people just like decompose out there, I guess. Yep. I don't know. Or it's it crazy. smells great. Yeah. I don't know. I would like to hear like the 911 call. But is there a 911 call? Well, I mean, the transient guy called 911, so there has to be some kind of recording somewhere. Yeah, but it was also in February this year, so maybe they're not releasing it. Yeah, maybe because there's Because the other one said they're not releasing a lot of information because, or until the case is closed, but it doesn't say if they're closed or not. Is that your cat or my cat? That's That's yours. It's Max. He just came around the corner and was like, what are you doing? (laughs) So yeah, transient called, nobody came, question mark. And then they found him eight days later when there was a call that says, hey, he threw up and fell in the water. Even like the next day, they should have been out there looking. How far could he get? Exactly. Because he threw up in the area where he was found. So I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. So then we have Clifton Axtell. He was born on September 29th. That's a good birthday. R.I.P. Granny. In 1982. He was born in Plano, Texas. 
online at states he went to Westlake High School, which is like a really wealthy area in Austin. Yep. And he resided in Austin. He married his wife, Megan, in March of 2016. And they have two kids together, Elliot and Ava. He worked as a real estate analyst and was in his senior year at Harvard Extension School. And he made the dean's list like every semester. So not college aged, but in college. But like most of these guys are young adults. So he was last seen outside of Stubbs Barbecue, which is on 8th and Red River. And it's like a music venue. Slash barbecue. Um, slash barbecue restaurant. It's I. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of their barbecue. Yeah. Their sauce is pretty good. You can um, buy it in the store. Yeah. H-E-B. Yep. And I know we've been there a million times for like concerts. I know we saw like Saliva and a lot of our like local bands. Mm-hmm. So Clifton was reported missing on Saturday, February 25th from Stubbs, which is close to where Julio Santos was seen at Barbarella's. Right. And that's on like 6th and Red River. So just two blocks over. And his body was found at 945 Sunday morning near Riverside by our favorite hotel. Um, and APD reports. Nothing weird. <laughs> nothing going on here. Never anything nothing to, see. to see. So then the. I th- yeah, know. I mean, it's it's crazy. I don't understand how they can sit here and say I that they're suspicious. Yeah. So then we have Jonathan Honey. Jonathan was born in New York on February 23rd, 1990. And his family moved around a couple of times before they settled in Virginia. As a child, he participated in Boy Scouts and Eagle Scouts. In high school, he was on the track team where he competed in cross-country, and indoor and outdoor track and field. After high school, he attended Old Dominion University in Virginia, where he earned a bachelor's of science degree in mechanical engineering. He later earned a master's degree in systems engineering at George Mason University. So in March of 2019, nope, we're in 2023. March of this year in 2023, Jonathan traveled from D.C. to Austin with friends to celebrate a bachelor party. And that's where he went wrong. Came to Austin. And everybody that comes to Austin goes to Rainy Street or they go to 6th Street. And then they die. I'm missing from. So they went to Rainy and then he was last seen at a taco truck on Rainy Street. And then he somehow got separated from his group of friends and he was reported missing at 241. And that was on Friday, March 31st. And then according to an article from the Austin American Statesman, police began searching for Jonathan immediately. I guess now they've decided, hmm, maybe there's something going on. Finally. To try and find Only him. took how many people? And then his body was found the following afternoon in Lady Bird Lake. The spokesperson for the Austin Police Department said that it could have been an accidental drowning. But nothing's been confirmed. The investigation is ongoing and it's probably not suspicious. Most likely not. So then we come to Christopher Hayes Clark. He was born on November 23rd, 92. So in the appropriate age bracket. And he graduated from Austin Can Academy. His obituary said that he was involved in many outdoor activities, including Boy Scouts, football, basketball, canoeing, and spending time at the beach. In 2009, he met and began dating the mother of his child, Regan, which is a beautiful name. And they share a son who was born in 2011. They remained super close, even though they didn't have any kind of a romantic relationship. Uh, They stayed friends and I guess co-parented really well. 
And he was last seen on April 11th when he left his mother's house. And that's, I guess, where he was living at the time. And he just said he was heading out. There hasn't been any information as to like whereabouts after leaving his mom's or where he's supposed to be going. But then on April 15th, four days later at 1.21 p.m., his body was recovered from the water near Longhorn Dam. I think I said previously with another one that Longhorn Dam is like right in that same area. It kind of like curves and makes like a small L and it's like in that same area. So his partner Regan says that she believes he was killed prior to being put in the water and that there's something super suspicious about the whole situation. She also mentioned that APD won't give them answers and she feels as though they aren't taking the incident seriously. Shocker. I feel like they haven't taken any of this seriously. They haven't. (sighs) They barely even investigate. They just say that it's an accident and move on. Right, not suspicious accident, even though one of them had blood force trauma to the back of the head. Right. Regan also stated that he wasn't at any of the bars in the area, and they don't know what he was doing by the water, where he was eventually found. Like, maybe he didn't have any business being there. Especially after just going out. Well, right. weren't they, they were there for a bachelor party, right? So like, No, that was, the, the perp- that was previous. Oh. That was Jonathan Honey. Yeah, we're on Christopher Hayes Clark. Jennifer, keep it up. (laughs) My goodness. There's too many of them. I mean, but they're not suspicious. I know. They're just accidents. I mean, they do all sound the same. They're Um, all found like right in the same area. I know. Well, not just that they were found in that area, because I'm sure it's just like the way the water flows, but that they were all downtown, which is right in that area. Yeah. I mean, I guess we can't say so for this one with Christopher because they didn't know where he was. So Austin police officer Michael Bullock made a statement to the New York Post. It says on April 15th of this year, 2023, Christopher Hayes Clark was found in the water near Longhorn Dam. It is a very unfortunate incident, but up to this point, we have not discovered anything suspicious tied directly to this incident. But we don't make that final determination until the medical examiner has been able to make their review as well. So again, nothing suspicious. It just sounds like they're waiting on the medical examiner to make a call before they decide to investigate, which to me seems super backwards. Right. And also the medical examiner is just finding that it was an accident, even if they have blunt force trauma, which makes absolutely no sense. Right. But I just, I don't know how it could be an accidental drowning if they're not having drugs in their system. But we don't know about these ones because there's no talk screen or anything back yet. I guess we have to wait and see how many more people they pull. I've read certain articles that state that they, that all of these cases or some of these cases are ongoing investigations and that they won't release any further details until it's closed. So I'm thinking that's why I don't find a whole lot of stuff about it, like more details, no autopsy reports, cause of deaths, or like timelines of their whereabouts. So I'm wondering if they're keeping that close to their chest or if maybe they're starting to think it's serious or maybe they're not saying anything at all. Because I guess if they do think it's like a serial killer, then they're going to keep some details out of the media. Right. Well, and they don't want to alarm people. Right. Because they keep telling us that there's nothing going on. But I guess if they keep certain stuff out of the media, then if they bring up those details like an interrogation or something, then they'll know that somebody's not just making it up. True. I don't know. I also felt like anytime I was like cross-checking to make sure that I didn't miss anyone, another person would like pop up. 
And I did come across a couple of people that were covered from the lake that had more information available and some that didn't. So there wasn't like a ton of information about some, but then a lot about others. And then it just seems like, oh, they fell into the lake drunk. They walked into the lake drunk. Right. We're barfing in the lake. That's just like a thing you do. I don't think that any time that I've ever been drunk, I've thought, man, I'd really like to go to a big body of water. Right. And it's not like Rainy Street or 6th Street or right there by the lake. I mean, it's super close, but there's still some walking distance. Yeah, I mean, Rainy Street's pretty close to it, but 6th Street definitely is not. like you. But it's still like a 10-minute walk. And if you're that drunk, are you going to make it that far? No, because you would think that you would just fall somewhere else first. And there's also lots of cops. Did a cop not, like, see somebody and give them, like, a public intoxication? Right. Or just them to make sure that they're okay if they're stumbling like that. Yeah. But then I did come across two other cases that were kind of similar, but kind of not. Uh, One of them was a guy named Jason, and he was riding his bike back to work from, like, he he worked on Rainy, and he was riding his bike back home. Or he went home and then was coming back to work because he forgot his keys. And then he was found with blunt force trauma, and he was riding his bike, and his family said that, like, he could ride that like that path or that way to work like blindfolded he knew like knew his way and it didn't say like what the situation was but I did some like digging and found like I forget where I found it but it was like family and close friends posting and I think his sister said something like he fell off one of the bridges and I guess there was a lot of blunt force trauma but he wasn't found in the lake but it was like one of the pedestrian bridges around the lake so very close to it Right, so I think maybe he fell off and hit his head, but it didn't say for sure. But I don't know. So is it weird? Is there somebody doing that? Or did he just fall? Right, but if his family said that that he could take that route blindfolded, like what would have gotten in his way unless something changed on that route? Yeah, I have no idea. But I didn't, like, I didn't find a bunch about it naturally. And he, like, it was on his birthday that that happened. Oh, that's terrible. I know. But then there was also someone by the name of Christian Pugh. I just, this just clicked on me. These were all males. Yeah, they're all males. Maybe because females know that when you go together, you stay together. (laughs) Yeah, and guys don't really think about that because they're like, I "I don't have to worry. Females are more hypervigilant about that, which is stupid that we have to be that way, but we are. So Christian Pugh was 21, and this was back in 2019. He had parked his car on Saturday, November 16th on Slaughter Lane, which is pretty South Austin. And from there, he took an Uber to Rainy Street to meet friends. And I know that's something we've all done before, so we don't have to leave our car because it's so hard to find parking. Everybody tows you or they hit your car and drive away. So I know I don't like parking downtown. And then his credit card statements show that his last purchase was at Clive Bar. But surveillance shows him dancing at the container bar which was across the street, basically, like right across the street. And then another camera shows his friends waiting for him outside of Clive Bar, but then he was at the container bar across the street, and he never shows up to meet his friends. And he was last seen by them at about 1.37 a.m. on Sunday morning. And then after being reported missing, police immediately started to search for Christian, and his family located his parked car, and it was untouched, and his cell phone was still inside. So they knew that he hadn't made it back to his car after going out. Why did he leave um, a cell phone in his car? I don't know. I, I feel like, especially at 21 in 2019, I'm 36 right. and I'm attached to my phone. <laughs> exactly. 
So after 60 hours of searching, Christian was found on the other side of Lady Bird Lake. So Rainy Street is on the north side. So he was found like polar opposite end of the lake. So it probably would have been like a five minute car ride. But I don't know how he would have gotten a car ride uh, without well, a phone walked. order an Uber. Right. That's what I was getting at. But he didn't have his phone. Or had somebody order one for him. But they didn't see him come out of the club, though. Oh, right. Because they were waiting outside of Clive Bar, but he ended up at the container bar across the street, and he didn't have a phone. Well. So he either probably walked, or I don't know if he got a pedicab. That's Um, possible. Or he found a friend. Like, not a friend, but, like, made a friend. Well, yeah. Like, finding Michael Myers and calling him your friend. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Or Leatherface. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So it was about a five-minute car ride, and they found him deep in the brush with unspecified injuries. So he was, I guess, along the hike and bike trails. Someone found him in the brush, which was really hard for them to see. So he was, like, well hidden, and they were looking for him for 60 hours, and that's where he was the whole time. He was transported to the hospital because he was surprisingly still alive. And it said that over the course of six weeks, he had been in ICU, a neurorehabilitation facility. And according to his dad, it took him another eight months to, quote, get him to walk, talk, and act like a normal person again. He had to have had some trauma then. Well, it says unspecified injuries. So I assume head trauma. But like, if you're in a neuro hospital, you definitely had some head trauma. Right. So I found a website that lists like accidents in the area and it shows Christian's incident as a car accident. But then I found like a TikTok video and I'm not sure how accurate it is because it's the only one out there where he's talking to somebody. And then the video, I guess, was deleted or it's like was never uploaded to the guy's podcast. But it says that he was drunk and fell off a bridge, but he was over a mile away from where he was last seen. And he doesn't remember anything. So how does he know he got drunk and fell off a bridge? Yeah. How would he know that? But then I didn't find the last thing he remembers. Maybe. But there's no information on the car accident. But then he says he fell off the bridge. But then it shows that there's like a car accident on the website. So if there was a car accident, wouldn't they be looking for a car? Because it was obviously a hit and run. Right. Or if it was reported, then... Surely someone went to the scene because if it's listed as an accident somewhere, you know what I mean? Yeah, there should be some like they wouldn't for sure known that it was a car accident. I don't know, but there's not any information and I haven't been able to like confirm anything on how he ended up there or what happened. And yeah, so that was Christian and he's still alive. Blood force trauma. Yeah. So his was, I don't know, his, there's just a lot of loopholes and I'm sure Maybe I'm just speculating, but I feel like all of these are too related. They're definitely way too related. There's too many like crossovers and similarities. And I think everybody just says, oh, well, when there's water close to where people are getting drunk, that's why it's all happening. But Rainy Street isn't brand new and Sixth Street definitely isn't brand new. And of course, the lake has always been there. Right. And like, why is this more recently happening? Right. Like, I know we had some in 2012, which was kind of a while back, but it seems like there's way more happening now, even just this year. And there's so much speculation that it's a serial killer, and APD's like, no, 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 there's no serial killer, nothing's going on, it's not weird. It's totally weird. It's not weird. weird. This isn't weird. It's just (laughs) normal. 
welcome to Austin. Don't go downtown. Right. Keep it weird. Yeah, let's let's put some new places to go besides Rainy. Yeah. Uh, and Sixth Street. But then, so those were four that were found in the span of two months. And those were up until, let's see, Christian was 2019. So then in 2023, from February until March, I guess, April, did I say? Yeah, March until, I mean, uh, February to April, there were four people. And then I was online last night and they just pulled another body yesterday from the lake. Which is um, crazy. And there's sure like there's not very much information yet. No, and I found a news article that I can read and it's from the Austin Fire Department from two days ago. So it is today. Yeah. June twenty ninth, so on the twenty seventh. It says the body of a man was recovered from Ladybird Lake Tuesday morning, according to the Austin Fire Department. Austin Fire Department said the man was found at the 1000 West Cesar Chavez Street, where Barton Creek comes into the lake. So Barton Creek's a natural spring, I guess, that feeds off of Ladybird Lake or feeds into Ladybird Lake. And there's like Barton Springs Pool where you can pay to go in. And then there's a part of it that people go without paying and it goes right into the lake. And I know that's where you work canoes and paddle boards and like you go into the lake and stuff. So it says at a press conference, Austin Police Department said the circumstances of the man's death are still under investigation. Police added it was too early to tell if the man drowned. So I guess they have to wait to see from autopsy to see if there's like water in his lungs. So then it says on Wednesday, police confirmed with KXAN, which is a local news station, that the death is not being investigated as a homicide. I'm sure um, it was just shocker. an accident. Yeah, accidental drowning. He was drunk and walked in. Austin Fire Department said they were called at 1028 a.m. and the man was pronounced dead at 1059. And so then after Tuesday's incident, there have been five bodies found in Lady Bird Lake in 2023. And we are at the end of June. So five bodies in a span of six months, all in the same area, all, most of them similar circumstances, most of them similar ages, but yeah, yeah, and nothing suspicious. So I don't know. This is something that I thought was interesting and I wanted to like see where all the correlations were. So that's why I put this one together. That was a lot of information. It was. (laughs) So I did a lot of work, Jennifer. You did and I did Nothing. Nothing. You're so lazy. I know. I can't believe that you work 40 hours and you're a single mom and you can't get any research done. I mean, I have all that time, that extra time, you know, know, where I'm not like sleeping or eating or going to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> How was that, by the way? Which beach did y'all go to? We went to a very secluded beach. It was called, um, well, it was a state park. It was Sea Rim State Park. And there was literally maybe four other people on that beach and they were all where all the sea turtles go i don't know is it i think i read something about sea turtles at that beach i don't know but whenever we went in they said that there is natural wildlife there and that means there's alligators there nope (laughs) no not like on the beach but there was like some swampy areas where they would hang out but we weren't in that area we just went to the beach yeah We did like a swamp tour when we went to Louisiana last year. It was so much fun. But they just passed like a law, I guess, that you're not allowed to touch the alligators anymore. Yeah, you can't mess with them. So like used to, you could, they would pick them up and they're like the babies and then you could touch them and then, but they don't let you do that anymore. But there were some big alligators down there. 
Yeah, I'm glad I didn't see any. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd go to that beach. <laughs> but I guess that wraps up our first episode. We are completely open to all feedback. I know we're just baby podcasters right now, and maybe we'll get better at this. Maybe not. <laughs> but hopefully, <laughs> our website is unstablemoms.com. So you can go there to check out the episodes and I can upload the show notes with some pictures of some of these people that were found. And then our Instagram as Unstable Moms. I think it's Unstable Moms or Unstable Moms Pod. I don't even know. It is Unstable Moms Pod on Instagram. And our email is unstablemomspod at gmail.com. So like any feedback or constructive criticism is helpful. Uh, We like to know what you guys want to hear. Too much banter, not enough banter. And I don't know. If you have any fun stories, you can uh, send them in and we can read those too. Once we get enough, I don't know, maybe we only get one listen. So... (laughs) But yeah, so let us know what you think and thanks for listening.